0: Bridgestone Tires just rolled into Midas. And if you roll in, we've got an exclusive deal for you. Get $70 back in Bridgestone rebates plus a $50 reward card with paid installation. Shop Bridgestone Tires at Midas.com.
1: There's a highway that stretches across the 93 days of summer where worship isn't offered to the sun, but to the smoking tire, the S-curve, and the spin turn. And if you ride it, Make sure you
0: do it in a Dodge, Charger, Challenger, or Durango. Because on this highway, the lines being blurred are the ones between drivers and
1: demons. Welcome to Highway 93. Dodge is a registered trademark. Welcome to another edition of the Let's Go Eat Show. Uh, This is kind of an impromptu. Uh, edition of the Let's Go Eat Show. Uh, we would, uh, we m- meaning me and uh, the producer, Dylan, my son, uh, were uh, doing um, live radio from hell show at Snowbird on Friday, I think it's the 11th of uh, August. And uh, anyway, so we're doing the show, and uh, our good friend Paulette uh, Goteau from New York was in town and was on the show with us, and Paulette is. You know, been on the Food Network and and uh, she's been on baking shows and uh, she's about to be on a which she'll tell you about about to be on a new Food Network show uh, called uh, Worst Cooks in America or the world or something like that. Anyway, she was here brought us a delicious chocolate cake, and she was on the show with us. And we thought, well, let's uh, sit down and talk to Paulette on the Let's Go Eat show. We've we've interviewed her before, but, you know, we thought, we'll just catch up with her on the show, just kind of do it off the cuff. And then uh, 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 she was talking to uh, this guy that I kind of vaguely recognized, and I I realized it was uh, uh, Frederick Barbier from Snowbird. And Frederick, or Fred as everybody calls him now, is from uh, Normandy, uh, the Normandy region of France, and he ha- is in charge of, charge of all the food and beverage at Snowbird. And so uh, the two were bonding, and uh, I said, or Dylan said, or somebody said, well, let's get Frederick to sit down uh, and chat with us as well. So that's what happened. Uh, we sat down at a nice little patio there and uh, talked about food. Good restaurants, bad restaurants, what makes good food and bad food. Uh, there's a lot of conversation about uh, some uh, some very good restaurants in Salt Lake. Uh, about what it takes to be a good chef and make a good restaurant. Um, I had a nice time as we sat there in the, uh, the sun uh, of a lovely August day and chatted about food on the Let's Go Eat show. So here it is. If it sounds a little funky... Uh, it's because it was off-the-cuff, A, and B, we only had uh, two microphones. But yeah, if you don't like it, uh, I don't care. Okay, now here it is, the Let's Go Eat show. Now, uh, guests on the show, Paulette Go-To. and Go-To. Go-To, but it looks like Go-To.
2: Yeah, I, I just like Paulette, like Cher, like Madonna. Paulette.
1: Okay, Paulette from New York, yep. and uh, also uh, Frederick or Fred Barbier yep. from the Normandy region of France we were talking a, l- a second ago and I, I asked you what brought you to Snowbird uh, in Utah but, but actually so you answer, started to answer and I realized that wasn't the right question the right question was what brought you from the Normandy region of France where many people would just die to live to, to, to the United States you know
0: I think like a lot of people you always think things are greater somewhere else so I wanted to travel when I was younger, and uh, I started traveling in the U.S. and, you know, really fell in love with a lot of the region in the U.S., like Utah. I mean, snowboard is just an amazing place to, to be in. Uh, and I think you know, being a food and beverage guy, I kind of wanted to bring my French touch to uh, some of the restaurants here.
1: Did you uh, did you train? Uh, uh, did you train in? Uh, uh, France to uh, your 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 chefing skills?
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I spent about eight years in school in France cooking and uh, serving uh, to kind of learn the uh, business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Working a couple of Macron Michelin star restaurants in the kitchen mm-hmm. and up front and it's kind of that was my background and uh decided to take that overseas and see what I could do with it.
1: Is there uh, anybody in your family? Are you from a long line of no.
0: You know, that's the interesting part. No, I'm uh I I kind of wanted to do it since I was really young. Always love cooking, always loved love food. And uh I think if some people would have been in the business in my family, I don't know if they would have let me go into it. Mm-hmm. Uh but god I would not change anything at all.
1: Well I know you and your uh your lovely wife her name what's your wife's name Lisette Lisette I mean, she used to be working in food and beverage here at Snowbird as well yes uh, but now that's uh, and I I think it's funny why you said that why she's not working in food and beverage here anymore
0: Yeah well you know uh two kids now so one of us needed to give the uh long hours and weird hours of food and beverage to take care of the family and uh I guess we decided that I would stay in it and She still has a little bit to do with it. She now works in the uh, sales department at Snowbird, Mm -hmm. so
1: she's the one making sure that I'm staying busy. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, as I'm making sure, she's saying to herself, "I'm going to make sure he's up there all the time." I was (laughs) just going to say,
2: "I'm making sure he is never home,"
1: (laughs) (laughs) and she's doing an amazing job. I can tell you (laughs) that. Yeah, I guess people don't. People sort of don't realize, and Paulette, you can speak to this as well. uh, When, uh, when you're in the food and beverage business, whether you're running your own restaurant, whether you're a, a line cook, whether you're a, a pastry chef, whether you're, you know, a sous chef under, you cannot expect to work easy, no. short hours, no. can you? No. no.
2: <laughs> it's just, when I, when I got the job at Le Cirque, my friends were like, you don't come out with this anymore. I'm always at work. That is your life. You, you get home in time to sl- eat a little bit, sleep, wake up in time to go back to work. But we get into it because we love it. I love food. And when I got the job at Le Cirque, I, I can go anywhere in the world and say I was in the pastry kitchen at Le Cirque and get a job. I earned my stripes. Yeah.
1: And, and that, really, is that, is that, that really is a
0: great calling card. Oh, it is. I mean, I, I think, you know, you have to be passionate to be in that business. Mm-hmm. If you're not, you're not going to last long. Uh, you have to be okay waking up very early in the morning, staying late at night, working when everybody's on vacation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christmas Mm -hmm. week is the busiest week of the year for food and beverage overall. Mm Thanksgiving, I mean, you know, you're going to run, you know, for 10, 12, 15 hours that day because that's when you take care of everybody. But I think that's the rewarding part about our business. We're here to make people happy. Mm -hmm. We're here to make sure that people have a good time.
1: I think it's interesting um, when you're in a position uh, like you are, uh, Frederick, you're you're in charge of all the food and beverage, so that's you don't really do any cooking much anymore, do you? No, I don't. Uh, do you miss that?
0: Yeah, you know I I cook a lot at home. Uh, you know, I definitely get extremely involved uh, with all the preparation that we do, and uh, we go through a lot of testing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess that's a fun part about moving up. Sometimes is making sure that. Uh, you're involved with a lot more cooking technique because we have 19 restaurants overall at Snowbird. 19. 19. How outlets. many? He-
1: how many head chefs are there? There, no, there. I don't. There aren't 19, executive. but there no,
0: there's. Uh, we have four executive chefs. There's four
1: executive yes. chefs. Uh, and they and they oversee all those 19 restaurants. Yes. And, as to, and but it's all collaborative with you in designing menus. Uh, ordering food Uh, what uh, you know maybe one chef will say well I insist on having only this kind of butter and uh, and Frederick has to say well (laughs) I'd like to give you that kind of butter but we we're not it's not in the budget this time
0: (laughs) so we, we really try I mean Snowbird has been focusing on raising the food quality that we have at the resort for the past now couple of years and and I think we're getting there and you know, we're working with a lot more local companies. We're working with uh, a lot of great uh, purveyors to really try to buy the best food we can mm-hmm. uh, in order to deliver the best product we can. And I think, you know, a lot of the cooking starts with, with the product that you're buying. Mm-hmm. If you don't buy quality product, no matter how good the chef is going to be, you're not going to put quality product at the end in front of the guest.
1: Uh, Paulette, you were saying, uh, I thought it was fascinating uh, earlier, you take uh, people on food tours in New York.
2: That's right. Uh, A company called Foods of New York. uh, They have about six different food tours. I do a tour called Nolita. The neighborhood is called Nolita, which stands for North of Little Italy. Mm. And then I do the Greenwich Village food tour. So I take 16 people to seven different restaurants. They're all neighborhood restaurants. These are not anything you're going to read. in so any pe-
1: So people come in and they sign up to go on a tour uh, with you, yep. or they may say, I want to go on a tour with Paulette, or you, or you just get a, a
2: yeah, sign. But, um, especially now, people read everything on TripAdvisor, like what to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get a lot of requests because of my reviews. Mm-hmm. So, Because uh, I want to be on the tour I'd want to be on, because I usually don't book myself to go on a tour. I find them very boring. And there's nothing yeah. more depressing than booking something and going, I wish this would end. So it's so sad. It's happened to me. I mean, yes, exactly. So I want to make it fun and entertaining. So these two neighborhoods I love, so it's very easy for me to make it entertaining. So I do get a lot of people that request me as their tour guide just off of reviews if I just like Mm -hmm. celebrate myself there for a second. Uh, But we take them to neighborhood restaurants. You will not read about these restaurants in any uh, tour book because we really want to take you to the best places that these little neighborhoods where the locals are all going Mm -hmm. to eat.
1: And um, so uh, anyway, I brought that up too because you were talking about a uh, a pizza place.
2: So it's called Emporio Restaurant. And we're
1: talking about ingredients, ingredients and what a chef will insist on sometimes.
2: Absolutely. So this chef is actually it's Ricardo Butoni. Does Butoni sound familiar to you? Butoni pasta. Oh oh yeah, that's sure. his family. They started, mm-hmm. but he doesn't serve any dry pasta. Everything's made fresh. Uh, he's got three restaurants in New York. This is Emporio that we go to. But as I explained to you earlier. Uh, um, just by knowing ingredients, I went up and I asked them, And I was going to ask you, Frederick. Do people call you chef here? No. All right. No. So, call me Fred. Fred. <laughs> Fred. <laughs> <laughs> once, hey, Fred. Once you work in a kitchen, any executive chef is chef. You yeah. never refer to them by their name. So, chef. No, I know.
1: I know the. Head, I know the head chef at the area as well, Ken Olinger, and the people up there call him chef.
2: Absolutely. You the, don't chef. say anything else. Yeah. So I said, chef. Do you really use zero zero flour, which is this very expensive imported flour from Italy? that is ground down to a dust. So when you use it, everything is just light and airy. Mm -hmm. And he was just disgusted that, and it was adorable that I would ask such a question. He's like, do you think I'm putting my imported cheese on anything less? And it was the most adorable thing, but he's so so driven, because it's so true. You get the best ingredients, Mm -hmm. you barely have to do anything to it. Mm -hmm. And he only uses the best ingredients and the prices don't match his food. For New York City restaurant, his prices are, he keeps them very, very low.
1: Uh, it's pretty hard to do uh, that kind of thing at a, in a big setting like yeah, Snowbird, absolutely. isn't it, Fred? Uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, you, have to, you have to do everything from intimate restaurant food, but then you have all these people coming in for all these conferences who want, you know, well, we have to have this big banquet and we have to do this and that. That must be just maddening to deal with.
0: I think that's a fun part about it is that you can touch on absolutely everything that we offer in food and beverage from fine dining to quick service to banquets to cafeteria and i think you know you you don't expect to have the same food or quality of food in every places but you know a good example at snowbird you know no matter where you're going to get a, a burger at snowbird the bread came from stone grand bakery you know, and it's fresh, and it's, there's no frozen bread here. Mm. It just there's some uh, items that will make sure that across the resort, no matter where you go, and the burger being a big staple in a in a ski resort, the meat come from Idaho, uh, from Snake River Farm. It's it's great quality product that we're putting out. Yeah, because again, I think a lot of people are maybe coming coming here just for the day. The only meal they're going to have is one hamburger. Mm-hmm. And you need to make sure that this is going to be something they're going to remember, no matter if they get it at Midgard, at the Bird Feeders, mm-hmm. at a
1: sit-down restaurant, or anywhere. Here's what speaks well to the hamburgers at uh, Snowbird, I think. I get a, uh, a, a... Every so often, or fairly often, I get a, a room-service hamburger uh, at Snowbird. I, that's all I want. I want a cheeseburger, a side of fries. And it's a really, really good hamburger, yeah. a room-service hamburger. So you can be sure that the hamburgers are good wherever you go. Yeah. 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 Uh tell people where we're recording and what they hear in the background. Oh yeah, we're uh uh we're sitting here at Snowbird uh in the um, on the patio area of the uh, Steak Bit restaurant and uh people are hearing the tram go by occasionally and there's a little uh, creek uh, that's um what is that? What's that creek. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, uh it's pretty full right now too, still. Yeah. Uh, and there's beautiful flowers around. Uh, but don't worry, Dylan, no hummingbirds. Dylan was having a little... Uh, we were at the bistro last night sitting out on the patio, and and Dylan was intimidated by the hummingbirds <laughs> who, wanted, who seemed to want to come up and check him out occasionally, which I think is cool, and I always just sit really still when they, occasionally they will come up and, like... Look right in your face. I think they know you don't have any nectar. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah.
2: <laughs> I think they can sense that, Dylan. Th- that
1: you have no nectar. Yeah. But Dylan's you going to You've got your
2: own <laughs> special nectar, but they're not looking for your nectar. I'm just just—I'm just
1: afraid they're going to suck my eyeballs out. I don't know. I
2: don't like we it. We all have weird fears. I'm strangely afraid of moths.
1: Oh, my daughter. Freak me out. My daughter is deathly afraid of moths. Yeah, don't do Does well. Does not care for them. Uh, so, Paulette, you... Oh, the food tours. Yes. Oh, uh, Greenwich Village, I was just going to ask you... Uh, it's been a long, 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 long time since I lived in New York. There was an ice cream place in Greenwich Village, and they made all their ice cream right at the place. Is there still such a place there? And I can't think of the name of it. You know, doesn't um, ring a bell. It's the first place I ever had pumpkin ice cream.
2: Well, for I will tell you for New York City restaurants, for every 10 restaurants that open up, one will last a year. Yeah. It's uh, very uh, surprising to find a place that lasts through the – Generations, And now because rent is so out of control, there are restaurants leaving. Like Union Square Cafe had to leave its original location because their rent was raised so much. Yeah. So I don't know about that one, yeah. but there's amazing ice cream places in New York City. Next mm-hmm. time you come, okay. I will take you to a place called Eisenweiss. They make it there, mm-hmm. and their flavors are out of control. My favorite one is they use uh, charcoal lemon zest. Which is a common, wow. yeah. It's a common ingredient in Middle Eastern food. Mm-hmm. They turn that into a caramel. It is oh. ridiculous. Mm. Some of the first of all, it's really well-made ice cream. They use a heavy cream that has so much fat in it; it's almost butter. Mm-hmm. But they churn it very, very slow, very little air, and just the main ingredients in ice cream: heavy cream, sugar, and eggs. So and
1: then, you just have a small portion. You would have a small portion of this ice cream. I I you, get down into that trough and go would, to town. You, Absolutely. I mean, I mean,
2: most. Oh.
1: I know, you how. Mean, you know most people. Do. I know how you are. Yes, you yes. do. And I
2: appreciate that. You know me
1: for that. I, I know how you are. And I, and I, I get into it. It's an ama- it's amazingly sexy. Too, I'm I dedicated
2: to, to my craft. Yes, you are. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: so when you if you go to New York, look up the, the tours Foods, it, of, New Foods you, of New York. You
2: book your ticket. You could put, when it says any special request, you could just say, I want Paulette as a tour guide mm-hmm. and you'll show up. And it's funny because it's always tourists, by the way. There's a lot of New Yorkers, and they're so surprised to see what's happened in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Because I like to explain the history of what it was. I know a lot of amazing history now just from doing these tours. And uh, because the Nolita tour is really in what was Little Little Italy. Italy, And where we start is at um, the old St. Patrick's. That's the original St. Patrick's church. Mm -hmm. And in the movie The Godfather, that was the church they filmed the baptism scene in. And now because I do these tours, I know that the baby that they had there was Sofia Coppola. And um, that church has a really cool history. It was, it's very similar to what's going on now eerily. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was an Irish Catholic parish and there was a group called the know nothings that did not want any more immigrants coming into the States. Mm -hmm. So they kept trying to burn down this church. So there's actually a cement wall, a brick wall that goes around the church to literally keep out the haters. 150 years ago.
1: Yeah. Uh, and there was, uh, I, last time I was in New York and I, we went to Little Italy and went to, uh, we didn't eat there, but we went Good. to um, Umberto's Clam oh, that's House. That's the one
2: you'd go to. Yeah. The, yeah, and, that's, the, that's the holdout. And,
1: and that's where uh, uh, supposedly Joey Gallo, famous gangster, was gunned down Yes, in Umberto's Clam House. But, but do, I, do I, if I remember right, and you may not know this, w- when we got there and we started talking to the, there's a guy out front who's kind of the, He's, you know, hawking business. Yeah. Oh, come that's what, yeah. So, and he, he's really tall, and he wore this full-length fur coat. Sounds about right. And <laughs> and he was real Italian.
2: Oh, yeah. So you once know. you get into... The, Little Italy used to be 50 blocks. It's now down to three. Yeah. But when you get down to those three blocks, there's just all these Italians standing outside getting yeah. you to come in. And but Umberto's clam is the er, one you go to. And he, but he.
1: I think he said, I got to tell you, this isn't the original Umberto's. The place where Joey was gunned down oh. was actually three doors down, down but we had to move because of uh, what yes. I, I, he was be I don't think he was being honest with you know but for us cuz we were radio people or something I Want to give you the real yeah, story. Hey come on let's get up J- what was his name Jimmy the something So I'm sure. You know yeah. J- oh, Jimmy, I know Jimmy Bag of Donuts. it was Jimmy the Nose. That sounds Because awesome. he had a, a big the nose? he had quite a schnoz Yeah hey just call me Jimmy the Nose I think you can tell why. <laughs> <laughs> He was very funny, and you know, but it was—it's more of a show than going there it's for a dining experience. It's very much more than a show, yeah. absolutely.
2: Yeah, because I would not go to Little Italy to eat. Yeah, I'd go there for San Gennaro. There's a the Feast of San Gennaro in September.
1: Yeah, I've been to that before. So that's a lot of
2: fun. So I'd mm-hmm. go for that because it, there's Italian food in New York that you can't get like anywhere else. You
1: know what's funny though about the Feast of San Gennaro? I'm pretty sure it's the one—the one I went to when I, the first time I ever went to New York a long, long time ago. And they had a, a statue uh, that they carried yes. around with money
2: stuck it, yes. to it. Uh,
1: the, I guess that's Saint Gennaro.
2: That is. And then you show how good you are by how much money you put right. onto it. But, but, it.
1: but what I had there, I didn't have Italian food. There was a stand selling falafel, and that was the first time I ever had falafel. Okay. I don't know.
2: That sounds about right for New York. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a falafel
1: stand, and I'd never... I said, what are these? These little uh, balls, balls of Balls of fried goodness. Yeah, and that was delicious. It was great. Um, so, Frederick, yeah. I, I was just going to ask him a question, but go ahead. Well, uh, you, uh, So, you came to uh, uh, America. You toured around. You decided, uh, amazingly, that you liked Americans. <laughs> Some, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we wonder... About you know, I mean, sometimes we wonder... We, we want to say... At least I do to, to to when I meet foreign tourists or something, and I say, you know, you know, we're, we're there a lot of us are pretty cool and we're nice. I we're, know there's <laughs> some here. Yeah, <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I had a, a I knew a, a mathematician uh, at the U from, and he was from, he and his family were from Paris. That's where they grew up, and I sa- said, and uh, he he was desperately trying to stay here by, you know, getting more teaching jobs and so forth. And he's still in the United States. He had to go, he's go teaching in Arizona now, but uh, he's a brilliant guy. But, you know, I said, so why are you you so uh, desperate to stay here? And he said, he said, don't get me wrong. I love Paris. I love France. But America is so different. And so, I don't know. I think he, he felt it was more open somehow. So, Once you get to live here, he said, the Americans are just kind of open. You know, I would agree. I think, you know, we have a lot of things in
0: France that we take for granted that we don't have in the U.S. But I think when we start traveling, and there was a lot of time we discussed about it with my wife, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, people in France sometimes don't realize how good they have it. I mean, striking, it's kind of a... You know, our national sport in France. Mm-hmm. We love to complain about absolutely <laughs> everything. And sometimes we don't, we don't really realize how good we have it compared to other countries. Mm-hmm. But again, I think, you know, for me, now that we have two kids, it's, it's kind of raising them in two different cultures. You know, speaking them in French at home, but they're going to daycare in English and having them learn both sides and, you know, let them decide in the future where they want to be.
1: I was always uh, interested in the fact that uh, when I traveled in Europe a lot for radio, and we would part of the way we got to do that, it, we would stay in all these hotels for free, uh, nice hotels, and and eat in very nice restaurants in the hotels sometimes, and uh, uh, we got to do that because we would interview the 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 manager of the hotel or the re- the head chef at the restaurant or whatever, and uh, uh, they would always say. Um, Uh, you know, uh, we always send our staffs to America to learn customer service. And and this was not just in France. This was in Germany, uh, all these other countries. I said, what? He said, nobody understands customer service like Americans who are in the hotel and restaurant business. And I agree to a certain extent. I think that's kind of the interesting part. In
0: Europe, if you want to work in this business, you're going to go to a school and study for many years Mm -hmm. in order to get a job as a server. In America... It's kind of, you walk in the door and you kind of learning as you go, but because everything is a T percentage, you have to be really good at what you do. You have to be open-minded. You have to take care of your customer if you want to make a good living at the end of the day. And I think that's where sometime again, you know, in France, everybody's on salary. If you do a good job or not do a good job, the paycheck doesn't change. And that's where you could run into some people that are not maybe as friendly as some several in America. Yeah, uh,
1: Do you ever run uh, run your own restaurant in all the times you, in all the years you've been in food and beverage?
0: I'm not crazy enough, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you've worked in worked in worked in a lot of them, and so yeah. oh, no, I don't want to run one. Yeah, I,
0: I mean, I I kind of, uh, you know, to be honest, uh, today I don't know if I'll be happy in just one restaurant. I love being super busy and dealing with. Mm-hmm. So many, you know, challenges throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So one place will almost seem kind of, I don't know, too slow. Yeah. I'm sure in a couple, give me a couple of
1: years and I'll change my mind. You might but slow down, down a little, yeah. yeah. Uh, let me ask both of you, uh, I'll start with you, Paulette. Right. Uh, you go to all these amazing places uh, to eat in New York. But you come to Salt Lake and you're from Salt Lake. Right. And you come to Salt Lake uh, once, uh, once a year at least.
2: At least. I used to come a lot more, but I, I try to get here at least once a year.
1: And uh, uh, it, it's interesting that you turned me on to a re- You live in New York, and you turned us on to a restaurant here in Salt Lake that we didn't know about, uh, Feldman's right. Deli, So, uh, which is great. We still, you know, we go there. And uh, But so when you come here, w- uh, where do you like to go eat?
2: Well, I've got my my two haunts from high school, which is Hires and <laughs> to get I'm not, I know everyone laughs, but yeah. it's a true story. Mm-hmm. I love the Copper Onion. Uh-huh. really Feldman's Deli. That's an absolute must stop for mm. me that the Jewish deli, because mm-hmm. I, I was introduced to a Jewish sloppy Joe in New Jersey. So when I read that this place opened up out here, I, I, are you joking? We had to go immediately. And I assume, cause I know, I, th- I think like you would all know mm-hmm. clearly you didn't No. Uh, no, you were not up on that. No. Um, there's a new, uh, kolache place on ninth East, the, uh, Eastern European pastry mm-hmm. that's filled with cheese or fruit. Really, really delicious. As a girl that grew up here, Left to go study food. I love coming back because the food scene here has improved a million times. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I love the trend of now everyone wants to buy their supplies from local farmers markets, from local farms. Thomas Keller is a famous, famous chef. He does French laundry in uh, Napa. That's
1: that's a restaurant, by the way. Yes. I mean, when Whenever, the oh. first few times I heard French Laundry, I thought, what? What the he said, hell? Z- and
2: I say, and I, I, I think you might be able to agree with this. These people are, are my legends, so I feel like everyone knows about them. Mm-hmm. But Thomas Keller has a woman, a dairy farm, that makes butter specifically for him. <laughs> Literally, you mm-hmm. can't get this yeah. woman's butter. I want this woman's, but you have to go to French Laundry, mm-hmm. or per se, in New York City. So I love the trend that in, in Salt Lake and Utah, they do it too, is shopping locally and seasonally. Because mm-hmm. that's the best way to get the best food. Uh, so I always try to go to new restaurants. I went to Forge when it was here. Uh huh. Loved it. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Uh, re-
1: man, he's disappeared. He's he really kind of fell off the uh, Viet Fell off the map there.
2: I think that, and I agree with Frederick that if you own a restaurant, it owns you more than you own it, mm-hmm. and the uh, day-to-day responsibilities you're more babysitting than anything else. And I love the uh, security of a paycheck from someone else. And mm. you deal with this. This is your yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah.
1: I never wanted to go into. I I had a couple of opportunities to go into radio management. Oh my god! And no. I went. I know. I, I don't want to do that. And how I would I, do... I
2: be able to hear you eat on the air? Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> oh, speak, <laughs> speaking of uh, uh, proprietary, uh, we only do the. You know, she only makes the butter for uh, Thomas right. Keller. Um, I uh, recently stayed up at. Uh, uh, Stein Erickson Lodge. I saw that, and and they do they do very good food there as well. And uh, but I had room service for breakfast, and I had their sausages, and their link sausages. There, uh, and uh, they I just loved them. They were just great. So I got a hold of uh, the uh, uh, the the hotel manager, the guy I know, and I said, I love those sausages. Where can I get them? And he said, well, You can't. It's 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 the the chef gets the meat the, the, and grinds it and seasons it for and it's just for here.
2: So they they must have been amazing.
1: And I, they were. And I said he, he so he probably wouldn't tell me the, and he said no I don't think he would. I, I mean if you're his buddy he might. Well, but you're not.
2: I get annoyed. <laughs> Chime in when someone says they've got a secret recipe or they won't share. It's so s- silly. Because you can give a recipe to three different people and get three different well, that's true. foods. So whenever I hear secret, I'm like, okay, so what are you doing back behind closed doors mm-hmm. to do this? Because there is no secret. Yeah, would, you,
0: would agree? you agree with that, Frederick? No, I would agree. I, f- I think the recipe is one part, but the technique going into it, as a time frame, I, I, it, there's a lot more to it. Mm-hmm. It can give you the least of all the spices it's putting in it, Yeah, I don't think the sausage is going to turn at all the same way.
1: Yeah, there, I, you know what I would not be able to duplicate, I'm sure, is when you bite into that sausage, it snaps. Oh. I love that. Yes. You know, they call, you can get hot dogs like that. There, some places they call hot dogs snap dogs, because they have they that. Crisp. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it was just, they're so good.
2: That crisp chew that you get sinking your teeth into it, yeah. so good. Complete. Mm-hmm. There's a. Have you heard of Neiman Ranch? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so they have good hot dogs mm-hmm. that do that as well. Yeah. yeah, but I agree with Frederick. There's so much with technique. Mm-hmm. Like There are things that I know about chocolate chip cookies the way I make them that you don't do until you – in cooking we say you don't know a recipe until you've made it a thousand times. Yeah. So if anyone has a secret, there's this cake decorator that I love in Korea, uh, South Korea, and she will. people are begging for her recipe for her buttercream. She won't list it. She's like, well, the ingredients are different from nation to nation. Mm-hmm. As soon as I hear that, I'm like, all right, you're using a mix. <laughs> Absolutely, because why? you could say, this is what I use in my country. Go look for it in your country. Uh-huh. There should be, I feel, zero secrets in your cooking. Yeah. Do
1: you agree with that? There, no se- there should be no secrets?
0: I think you know some people are going to keep like a mix of recipes or something that's like a, a special touch of, of one unique spice that they like to use mm-hmm. in a very small quantity that they can kind of keep for themselves or yeah. omit to put it on uh, the mm-hmm. recipes that they're willing to share mm-hmm. just so people don't have the exact same flavor profile. Mm-hmm. But I think overall, otherwise a recipe, yeah, it, it's kind of, mm. I mean, nowadays you don't create a lot of new food you know, everything that used to be popular in the past is coming back big time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always kind of recycling, kind of mm-hmm. recipes that have been successful in the past, kind of put a new twist on it to make it with local ingredients, to make it a little bit more on the healthy side, yeah. to kind of, you know, get in trend with what people are looking for nowadays. Mm-hmm.
1: Hey, uh, now, let me ask you the same question. You, you, you work so many hours. I don't know if you ever get the chance to go out and eat, but are there places you like to go when you're not at the Snowbird property?
0: You know, the sad part, you're, you're, you're true there, mm-hmm. and uh, we have two kids now, one is four, one is 18 you months. You don't go anywhere. Yeah. And uh, we really have not been out for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he sounds like I know. Uh, well, it, it is. I know. Uh, you know, current downtown, uh-huh. is the one that we've mm-hmm. checked on mm-hmm. and uh, very pleased with what those guys are doing, mm-hmm. uh, very good place. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, no, really, we haven't been out for a while. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, mm-hmm. Looking for a baby If you know anyone, uh, you know, just see, any, let uh, me know.
1: Okay, we'll point. <laughs> there's, I can't think of the
2: name, but there's a pizza place downtown that I'm madly in love with. It's right across the street from a parking lot.
1: <laughs> oh, well, that narrows it down. <laughs> uh, third,
2: third, third east, uh, third south.
1: Thir- I don't. I don't I'll, I'll look it up, but okay. it, I
2: think it's some of the best pizza I've had in my life. Yeah, really delicious pizza right, here. Right. Yeah,
1: um, the uh, the food and beverage business. I know you, you've you been on the entertainment side of it a lot, uh, and you have a show coming up. You want to plug that?
2: Sure. So I w- just filmed the season finale for Worst Cooks in America. I'm one of the judges. They pick three judges. We eat. So they get a team of 14 people that cannot cook. They either audition themselves or people submit, like, you are so bad, I'm going to submit you for the show. I'm submitting
1: my wife. She's shitty. Exactly, she, yes. She can't cook worth a tinker's damn.
2: Exactly. So they have to bring their wor- their dish, and it's really sad. So one, so they eliminate them throughout each episode till they get down to the final two.
1: Were you sure that none of these people were just lying? That they really were pretty good cooks, but they just.
2: I don't know. When I see it, because I, I I honestly had never watched the show, mm-hmm. so I watched it when they asked me to come film and be yeah. a judge. There's there's basic techniques and skills that we know in the kitchen that these people did not have. We just obviously just didn't have. Literally. It. Mm-hmm. Like a deer in the headlights in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was blown away by the food that we had. Mm-hmm. And once we picked the winner, the story unfolded of this person and gives me goosebumps. And as I mentioned earlier on the show, please tune in to watch a very special season of Worst Cooks in America. I never thought I'd say that.
1: Yeah, because because it really pays, this one really oh, pays off. It was off.
2: just an absolute mm-hmm. redeeming, beautiful thing that happened mm-hmm. for this person. I can't say anything because yeah. they will sue the life out of me. Any
1: any <laughs> desire to go back into uh, uh, working in a restaurant? Zero. Or? Okay.
2: Zero. Zero. I've got such a great schedule. So I make cakes from home. I make about two or three cakes a day from home. I give the food tours. So I'm usually home by the time Juliet gets home from school. So I get to be with her and hang out. Let's so a really
1: nice. crass question? Bill, who, I, who are you well, with? Of course I can. Uh, <laughs> uh, how, how much does a uh, uh, just an ad, like the chocolate cake you made for us today.
2: If I would just a hundred and twenty dollars, hundred and twenty bucks. Yeah, because all those flowers. No. Yeah. yeah. So I go. You go by slice. You you charge pers- people by in the cake biz. Uh, in New York City, they start at eight dollars a slice and can go up. So for cake with all that flowers, with all those flowers, it would mm-hmm. have been at least twelve to thirteen dollars a slice, and then you go by how many people.
1: There's a pl- uh, there's a pastry place that I won't mention the name of. And you go in uh, and you look at all the stuff they do. And they have a wide variety and, and of cakes and pastries. And, and they all look marvelous.
2: And taste They like all look dust. marvelous.
1: And then, well, they're not bad.
2: They're just not wonderful. They're
1: just not. They look wonderful. Mm-hmm. I think I know you, which
2: one you mean. And, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And every
1: once in a while you'll get, so, and I don't go there very often because of that. Every once in a while you'll get something and, and they've stepped it up somehow and it's... <laughs> <laughs> and it's perfect. Hey, this is good. It's real or not perfect, but be, but good.
2: And there's it's, nothing more depressing than yeah. like seeing something so beautiful and taking a bite and wishing you could get the calories, your time back, and your money back. Yeah.
1: How much? How important? Uh, now I know how important presentation is, Frederick, uh, in a fine dining rest, restaurant. You're in charge of people buying food at the bird feeder. Uh, is is that? Hmm? Well, it's a little uh, hamburger. It's, it's and a windows window uh, on top of the platter. Yeah, you can get hamburgers and uh, hot dogs yep. and pi- chips and beer, and uh, that's about yep. it, I think. Yep. Uh, is there any importance to how that is presented? Do you you, you sort of pre- pay it a little attention to that as well?
0: No, yeah, we always pay attention to everything. I mean, I think you know you eat with your eyes first. You know, if it doesn't look good, doesn't matter what it's going to taste like, you're not going to be happy. I think presentation is important i think uh, i i think what you guys were talking about you know as uh sometimes people pay more attention to the presentation than the mm-hmm. flavor or the seasoning and yeah. well then you're disappointed as well i think it's the uh balancing act you know between those two it needs to look good but the first bite you need to be like oh wow yeah no that is that
1: is great yeah it is so disappointing when it looks good and then you bite into it and it isn't yeah. good it's, wait a minute yeah they, you you felt cheated yeah it's like, you know what it is, red, red delicious apples. They cheat me every time. I don't buy them anymore because even though they are beautifully red, they're not delicious and they're always kind of mushy.
2: Where do you buy them from?
1: Oh, I don't know. You know just, I don't buy them at all anymore. Well, I if you go for to years. the farmer's
2: market, get them there because grocery stores can actually freeze them throughout the year and pull them out as needed, and that's mm-hmm. why they're mushy. That's why you should only apples in the season of August and September That's and not, October, yeah. apple season, That's what and then I you'll do, get yeah. some good red. But I would go to the farmers market and get them.
1: I just haven't had a red, deli- good red That's delicious really apple in years, so I always buy, you know.
2: That's depressing. It is. Depressing. It is. The I pizza mean, place is Settabello. That oh, I oh like. Setabello, I yeah, know. Set delicious. Sure. Yeah. All right. I had to look that up.
1: I uh, uh, it's just been a pleasure talking with both of you guys.
2: Always so good to see you. Thank you so much. Um,
1: I hope you move back someday.
2: Five years. So that's, <laughs> that's the plan. That's the plan. She, she, she's got to finish high school there. Yeah, she daughter, go to, she'll go it? to college on one coast because she wants to be a marine biologist. Mm-hmm. And mama's coming her up back here. I'll be making cakes here at Salt Lake.
1: And we will be able to order them from you.
2: That's right. All right. Yes. Hey, do you
1: think there's any, would there be any, uh, 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 any value in me setting up a uh, uh, tour of Salt Lake restaurants?
2: Absolutely. Maybe
1: that'd be fun to do.
2: Because I think a lot of people don't realize how many good little restaurants there are here. Mm-hmm. And just, you go on a progressive meal, get a little bit of something everywhere,
1: so yeah, and end know. with
2: dessert. It's immoral not to end with a little bit of sugar. Yeah. That's wrong.
1: So we'd have to set up the uh, the restaurants of Salt Lake.
2: Right, exactly. And, and- then... You can even go to like every single little neighborhood throughout Salt Lake. There's tons.
1: Oh, wait. But this is too hard of an organizational so thing for it. me. <laughs> yeah, because, because you have to go to the restaurants and get them to participate.
2: Exactly. Yeah. You have no idea how much work this would be for me, is what he's Oh, yeah. Dylan's over here sweating about that. <laughs>
1: Dylan would have to go to all the restaurants and get them to get agree. Get that going. And well, then, okay,
2: so Bill, in five years? We'll do it. Okay. okay. We have a plan. All right. Perfect.
1: Uh, Frederick, it's uh, Fred. Always a pleasure to Chef see you. Chef to me. I didn't recognize you, by the way. Um, you, you you look a little bit like a truck driver. You do <laughs> with your hat. It's your hat. You know I am today because we're setting up for Oktoberfest, so just a lot of uh, manual labor outside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I always see you wearing kind of a, a chef's coat or a you know a, a, a server you know a, an official coat. Yeah. Uh, just real quick, it's Oktoberfest at Snowbird. What's the uh, your favorite Oktoberfest food?
0: You know I have to go with the brat. I mean we're getting them from Colissimo, local companies. They make them fresh for us every weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't buy them frozen, so mm-hmm. they love us. And uh, we love them because out of everybody, they have to run you know, brats every yeah. single weekend for us. So when you come to Oktoberfest, the brat that you're eating was made a couple of days before, and it's fresh food. It's tastes amazing.
1: Get it with just a little sauerkraut or a little potato salad?
2: I love fresh brat in my mouth. I know you do. <laughs>
1: this is what you get when you yeah, talk. I guess when you talk with Paul Ed. <laughs> yeah, it like yeah. Well, yeah. Do, you, do you do you feel like you have to swear at all just to, at the end of this? I don't think oh. you used the F word once.
2: Shit, pussy snot. I feel much
1: okay, there. Good. Shit good i knew you would <laughs> isn't she lovely oh she Doesn't is awesome yeah, <laughs> she is uh frederick p- uh pleasure uh, my best to your wife oh uh, thank you and uh just invite everybody up to october fest of it goes on through labor day right Oh, after that we oh, well, go
0: all the way to uh, mid-october
1: mid-october we so. go for 10 weeks this year yeah, oh man that's a lot of work for you and, and i don't know why you're sitting around here aren't you gonna get in trouble <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: that's the lucky part of being the boss i guess
1: oh i see uh, (laughs) I'll be back in a minute. All right, we'll see you. Absolutely. We'll eat again. All right. Thank you both. Uh, Thank you. And uh, Dylan, thanks for producing the show. I'm Bill Allred. That's it for the Let's Go Eat show. Remember, if you're pouring drinks, always make mine a double.
2: Broadway Media Podcast Network.